It's Monday, everybody. It's Monday. Happy Monday to you. Good to see you. My name is Tim Harris. I am the pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church, which is in South Central Kentucky. Uh, each day, Monday through Friday, we do this. We call it 10 with Tim. I know, kind of corny, but it's 10 minutes each day with me. Uh, and, uh, and honestly, it's God's Word. Uh, all I'm doing is... Uh, just walking through God's Word verse by verse, and I'm inviting you to come along with me, and many of you are, and I love you for it. Gosh, some of us have been at this a long time, and I love the connection that we have, because with some of us, the only connection we have is God's Word, uh, and what more could you ask for? So anyway, I, I love the friendship and the Word with you, and I love the book of Job. We're finishing it up, you all, and today we're in chapters 30 and 31. Job's still talking, y'all. Job's still talking. As I said uh, last Friday, uh, chapter 29 is Job's talking about his, his former blessings, his former life. Uh, and, uh, and that's important because we get to chapter 30 where we're beginning today. And chapter 30 talks about now. So we did the, the past. Now we're going to talk about right now. And now he describes his present anguish. Uh, it's really pretty startling. And I'll be honest, at first when I started really digging into the first verses of chapter 30, I, I you know, I, I want to be on Team Job, but then sometimes I think, Job, back off, dude. <laughs> and uh, his description of people, uh, other people in, in verses 1 through 8, at first, really sort of bothered me. I mean, for one thing, you know, last Friday we're reading chapter 29, and he was talking about, you know, the way he used to be and how he helped the poor in need and helped all those without hope, and they blessed him. And now in chapter 30, he's, he's dogging people. And, and, I, and I mean that like no pun intended. Uh, I mean, Job says, let me tell you about some people. They, 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 they're worse off than my dogs. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them out there in the pen with my dogs. I mean, that's what Job says in verses 1 to 8. And at first it's like, Job, dude. You know, I was on your side, but now you're sounding kind of nasty. But but you got to read it. You got to pay attention. Job does spend eight verses describing basically the nameless fools, the lowest of the low, the scum of the earth. And he does. He does. Now, uh, notice that in chapter 30, uh, each section is sort of bracketed off by re repetition of that word now. So you see, but now in verse 1, and, and now in verse 9, and then verse 16, and now. Uh, my life seeps away. So pay attention to those nows that they mark a new section. So the first section, now, I'm mocked by people younger than I. In our culture, we've sort of lost that basic uh, traditional respect for older people. In Job's day, it would be unthinkable that young people would openly mock an older man. You just wouldn't. And if you did, if you were the kind of person that mocked an older man, that just says what kind of person you are. You know, you're not a, uh, you're not a, uh, you're a heathen, you know? And this is exactly what Job is saying. This is where he starts. I'm mocked by people younger than I, and they are the sons of fathers that I wouldn't let out in the pen with my dogs, okay? So these are like, like, these are the sons of the worst people. I mean, so again, Job's trying to take you there to understand this is the lowest of the low. Like these are the these are low, the, the lowest sons of the lowest fathers. I mean, this is what Job is trying to say. Uh, they're worn out wretches, gaunt from poverty and hunger. You know, they're ugly. They're not even good for society. Man, you, you don't even let them live in polite society. They're out there crawling in caves and rocks. I mean, you're like Job, who are you talking about? Job is describing the lowest of the low. 
You, you know, I mean, just heathens, you know, the people living like wild animals. Why does he do this? These are nameless fools, outcasts from society. What's Job doing? Because again, it sounds kind of mean for somebody who just said, man, I was a friend to all the people. I mean, in chapter 29, he talked about what a nice guy he was. This doesn't sound like a nice guy. What's he doing? What he's doing is establishing like everybody's idea of the lowest of the low so that now Job can say in the second section, starting in verse nine, basically what Job says is, you know, the lowest of the low, I just described them to you. Well, now I'm lower than them. You know, I'm lower than they, right? Um, do, do you see that? You see, see what I'm saying? So he's not describing these people to be hateful. Job is describing the scum of the earth to say, you know what? I have now sunk so low that I am the scum of the earth to the scum of the earth. Like, like, like they're making fun of me. You know, like ugly people are calling me ugly, <laughs> you know, heathens calling me heathen, you, you, you know. So uh, understand, Job's trying to illustrate how low he has fallen by starting with the lowest you think a man could fall, like the wild heathen. And then Job says, and now the wild heathen, you know, they look down on me. Does that make sense? Does that, does that make sense? Because that's the way I'm reading it. Uh, and, and I think it's it's poetic and it, it's actually kind of, I mean, sad, but but also beautiful. I want to call your attention to verse 19 in chapter 30 because it's important. Chapter 30, verse 19. It's in the second section. And now my life sweeps away. Depression haunts my days. At night, my bones are filled with pain. And Job goes on. With a strong hand, God grabs me by the shirt, you know. Uh, he grips me by the collar of my coat. To picture somebody, you know, like a cop, you know, picking up a kid and carrying him out to you know, throw him in jail. He has thrown me into the mire, thrown me into the mud. I'm nothing more than dust and ashes. Now the words, Hebrew words for dust and ashes are all through the book of Job, but they only appear together right here and in chapter 42, verse 6, which we haven't gotten to yet, but it's a pivotal moment. So these words, dust and ashes, where they appear here, uh, are, are going to appear again <coughs> Excuse me, in chapter 42, verse 6. I think you're supposed to see that connection. You're supposed to. Because understand, he's thrown me into the mud. I'm nothing more than dust and ashes. I cry to you, oh God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. Okay? Everything that Job is saying about his present situation is predicated on the assumption that God doesn't care, that God doesn't look, God doesn't see, and God doesn't hear. But what if he does? You know what I'm saying? Like, at this point, Job's saying, God doesn't answer me, but do I need to tell you, God's about to answer. And Job's about to find out, no, God does see you. God does hear you. God is going to answer you. And when he does, that's going to change everything, right? So chapter 42, verse 6, Job is going to put himself in dust and ashes again, but for a different reason. You see, in this one, he says, you know, God's thrown me into the dust and ashes. And later he's going to humbly sit in dust and ashes. You understand there's a difference. So I think you're supposed to connect those verses. And I think you're supposed to, to see that. So that's why I'm pointing that out to you. Um, chapter 31. Chapter 31 is very important in the overall scheme of the book of Job. Uh, I think I told you, remember that uh, in chapter, when Job began this final long speech, Chapter 27, the first part, verses 1 to 6 or so, Job makes what's called his first oath. 
his first oath. And it's basically, I vow by the living God who's taken away my rights. As long as I live while I have breath from God, my lips will speak no evil. My tongue will speak no lies. I ain't never going to agree with you fools. You know, that's what Job is saying. My conscience is clear for as long as I live. That's Job's oath there. It's his first oath. Chapter 31 uh, sort of signifies Job's, uh, his second oath. And this is a very solemn, very important uh, oath. And it is going to conclude all of Job's words here. All right. So, so pay attention to that. Now, I, I, you just got to sort of go through it slowly with, a, with an ink pen like I did uh, if you want to. But what scholars point out here in chapter 31 is that Job basically is going to proclaim himself innocent of, of, if you count them, 14 sins, 14 sins. And this is his oath. And what he's saying is, you know, hey, listen, if I lusted, then, then you know, let me be punished. And, and this is sort of the pattern. Um, you know, I, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust on a young woman. For what is God above chosen for us? What is our inheritance from the Almighty on high? Doesn't he see everything I do and, and every step I take? Have I lied to anyone? If I have strayed from this pathway, if my heart is lusted from eyes have seen or if I'm guilty, let someone else eat the crops I've planted. So in this pattern of, of Job's declaring his innocence, he's also saying, well, and if I'm guilty, let something bad happen to me. Again, again just, just, just sort of read it. Um, lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished. Um, it, it would wipe out everything I own. If I've been unfair to male or female servants, how could I face God? You know, and, and so on and on it goes. Uh, if I raise my hand against an orphan, let my shoulder be pulled out of socket. See, so it's that, you know, if I have, then let this happen. It, it's Job's oath. It's a swearing of his innocence, his integrity. Now, a couple of interesting things that scholars point out. First off, there are 14 uh, sins here, 14 um, uh, sins you know from which job declares his innocence um it's sometimes called the uh the 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 double heptad i think uh, uh, double sevens two sevens the, the the double heptad whatever you pronounce that um in other words it's, it's two sets of sevens it's double seven uh, and of course, you know, in scripture, especially in the Hebrew mentality, seven is the number of completion. So, so when Job, you know, you know, has two sevens, you know, he, he's declaring his innocence, but in this double heptad, this, you know, this two sevens, it's, it's a way of just, you know, sort of declaring complete innocence here. And again, if I'm lying, you know, then let God come get me. If, you know, if I did this, come tear my arm out of its socket. I mean, it's Job declaring his, his innocence in the most solemn way. And then notice in verses 35, 36, and 37, it's Job's signature. You know, it's almost like he just wrote this out. You know, this is my, this is my testimony, you know, and I stand by it. You know, and let God Himself come and, and 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 question me to my face. If only someone would listen to me. Look, I will sign my name. Here's His signature. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser write out charges. You know, I'm writing out my innocence. Now let him write out his charges. I'll tell him exactly what I've done, and I'd become before him like a prince. You know, so uh, this is Job's second oath, his final oath, and it is a solemn oath, you know, two sevens declaring his innocence and then saying, let God come, you know, let God come now and, and write out, you know, his, his accusations against me, but I stand by what I say. Verses 38, 39, and 40, 
Notice, go all the way back to the language of the garden, like, like the Garden of Eden, all the way back to Genesis. And again, this is where Job goes back to the root of sin and is declaring that, that he himself is not worthy of this kind of punishment. Now, the end of chapter 31 is kind of cool. Job's words are ended, New Living Translation says, but uh, the Hebrew says there, it uses the same word, a root of the same word that we've used over and over to, to talk about Job. It's that word blameless. Or, or integrity. All of these words come from the same root and they have to do with completion, you know, or, uh, or uh, integrity, blamelessness. So, so it's like saying um, uh, Job's words are integrity. Job's words are blameless. Job's words are ended. Job's words are complete. But do you see that? It wraps the whole thing up with the one word that we started with when it came to Job and that is just blameless. Job has this integrity and at the end his last word is integrity. You know, Job's words are ended. They're final. They're complete. They're blameless. Uh, Job has his integrity. Uh, there you go. Now, what you'd expect now is that God would answer. Because, I mean, because it is it, as if it's this oath, it's, it's this solemn double heptad, you know, declaration of his innocence that draws God out. Finally, God's going to answer, but not yet. First, we got to hear, like, Job had three friends who ran their mouths for all those chapters, and now we got another one that just shows up. Elihu going to show up. He's going to run his mouth for a while, but then God's going to shut him up too. So anyway, join me in the morning. Chapters, this is so good. I, I love this. For tomorrow, chapters 32 and 33. Uh, tomorrow, Job chapter 32 and 33. It's Monday. Y'all know where to find me. I'll be at Myers a little, little bit later. It's my day off. Uh, I love you guys so much. I love the book of Job. I have never enjoyed the book of Job as much as I have with you this time around. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for making me better. You just make me study harder and I love you for it. Have a great Monday. I will see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for 10 with Tim. Have a great day, you guys. I love you.